Hello and welcome back to Season 2 of the 5 Star Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Arwen from Even Star Wellbeing and I'm delighted to be here as your host. This season we'll continue to, of course, focus on your wellbeing and all aspects of that, including Even Star 5 Star Wellbeing, which covers food, sleep, movement, surroundings and being. And being, in case you're wondering, is absolutely everything else. Everything I view as a holistic way to improve your health and well-being. I am currently training in medical astrology to add that feather to my cap and I'm delighted to bring you some feature episodes on astrology and the zodiac and uh, also continue to interview other experts and specialists in different areas of well-being. I really hope you enjoy this series. Please make sure that you share it and rate it and that will help other people to find it. Thank you so much and be well. Hi there and welcome to episode 25 of the 5 Star Wellbeing Podcast. I'm really excited today to bring you an episode with a brand new guest and an episode where we're focusing on one of my five aspects of Even Star 5 Star Wellbeing. So just in case you have missed that in past episodes or any of my other materials, the five aspects are food, movement, sleep, surroundings and being. And being is the one that can be a little bit hard to define because basically it captures everything that isn't captured in the other four. One of the major things that um, makes up being and therefore our well-being is our relationships and today I am bringing you an interview with relationship coach Bradley Roth so that we can focus on this really big aspect of being and our well-being because if we don't have relationships that nurture and nourish us then we really cannot be completely well. So in this discussion, Bradley and I talk about how he became a relationship coach. We also talk about the particular challenges that entrepreneurs face in personal relationships because that is the niche market that he works with. We talk about what true masculinity and femininity are. And we delve into one of my favourite tools to use with people when they are having relationship issues and that is the five love languages so we go through what they all are and how they can really help you to develop a deep but easy to understand way to have clarity on how to make your partner feel loved and how to get them to make you feel loved We also talk about what a healthy relationship looks like and why it's so hard to learn this And of course, Bradley is going to give us his top tips on how you can improve your relationship. So I hope you enjoy this chat. Okay, so thanks very much for joining me, everyone. Welcome to this episode. I'm really excited to have a brand new guest today. I've got Bradley Roth joining me. And Bradley is a relationship coach. He's also a podcaster. He has a fabulous podcast called Not Most People, and uh, I love that name. 
and um, Bradley also helps other people start podcasts themselves now. So welcome, Bradley. I really wanted to speak to Bradley today because I haven't had much of a focus in my podcast episodes and YouTube videos on uh, my concept of being. So as most people who've been following me for a while would know, I have my, my process that I work with, I call Even Star Five Star Wellbeing, where we look at five aspects of wellbeing that I believe you need to have all of them kind of in place to be truly a, a whole well-being. And um, so the other ones are food, movement, sleep and surroundings. And then I have being out there as my, my fifth one. And it kind of, to me, it captures everything else. And absolutely a major part of that is our relationships. So when um, Bradley came into my world, I realized that he would be a great person to have on the podcast. So I'm really delighted that we we're able to arrange to have this discussion. So welcome, Bradley. I would love it if you could just, first of all, tell us, how you became a relationship coach. How did that um, come about in your life and what happened before it? Yeah, first off, uh, thanks so much for having me on. I'm looking forward to this conversation, but I'll try to keep it brief. Yes. It's a very indirect path how I got here. Mm -hmm. uh, growing up my whole life, my whole kind of what I knew, what I did was sports and working out. I went to college for strength and conditioning. I got out, I was training people at a gym, basically a CrossFit gym for five years. I did that and it was groups. It was one-on-ones and I lived in the gym. That's what I did. And outside of that, I didn't really have a whole lot of interests or skills, but also growing up, I was kind of, I don't know, I guess you could say a little bit of a, like a hopeless romantic, like through college and that sort of thing. And I was like, why can't I I figured this whole dating thing out. Why do the girls that I like not like me back and that sort of stuff. And I'm living post-college and I'm working at the gym. Uh, I was, that was part-time. So I started to look into other things to kind of complement that in terms of income. So like I said, I didn't really know anything else. So I did some network marketing for a little bit, picked up some skills there. I jumped into real estate as a realtor for a couple of years learned, learned some lessons there. It wasn't, wasn't where I was meant to be long-term, but, uh, you know, every, every step kind of teaches you something along the way. And during that time, I'm also getting into personal development and learning that, oh, wow, there's a lot more that I can teach myself about everything than what I learned in school. And so I started to dive into, you know, kind of bettering myself, becoming more well-rounded, understanding communication and kind of those male female dynamics and starting to understand you know why I was struggling so much in the past and that, those sort of things and so as I started to kind of gain confidence and you know I guess figure it out a little bit more uh, I got to the point where it was starting to become you know totally different than I had been in the past you know like I wasn't what I would call like lonely, like I had been in the past and that sort of stuff. And then of course, when you're not looking for it, my now fiance came into my life and it just happened so naturally. And we've been together over six years now. And during that time, 
you know, so I went from kind of this struggling to find a girlfriend that I wanted so bad to not struggling in that area to now I'm not even looking for a relationship. Here comes one falls into my lap and here we are six years later. Mm -hmm. And during these six years, this was my first, I had like one year and a half long relationship in high school, but again, that's high school. And then this was my first official relationship since then. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of learning to do in terms of like how to actually be a good boyfriend and a partner and communicate and all that stuff. And like, I was going in blind basically. And we, we struggled a lot. We learned a lot. She has been a nurse this whole time. So she's kind of had that steady, not nine to five, more like a, right now it's overnights, but you know what I'm saying? And then I'm over here, uh, working at the gym in the beginning. And then we decided we were going to try the travel nursing thing. So I had to find something that was mobile. So I couldn't do real estate. I couldn't train at a gym because we were going to bounce around three months here, three months there. That was the plan. Mm -hmm. And so we started off doing that. I, again, during all this personal development, kind of discovered entrepreneurship, marketing, sales, these things that I had to learn a little bit of when I was a realtor. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of, I, I liked building up Instagram pages as a hobby. So I'm like, you know what? I'll go do this for businesses. And I jumped headfirst into entrepreneurship, no experience, no backup plan, no savings, you know, <laughs> you name it. So, uh, I kind of got my education on the go with that. And so we ended up moving. And so we went from, again, the setting where we were both kind of near our, our families in the Northeast. And now it's just us. We don't know anyone. We're now living together. So it's like this whole new dynamic. I'm in the very beginning stages of a business. She's, you know, got that kind of steady nurse income. And so over, you know, a matter of years, I mean, this was probably three, three or so years ago that we made that move. We'd been, been together for a little while, but even before that, there was kind of a lot of tension, a lot of headbutting, uh, a lot of uncertainty on my side, you know, just getting started with things. And so there was a lot of these problems that we ran into that for a long time didn't really seem to go anywhere. Like it was just things were pretty rocky for a while. I think we both kind of questioned if things were going to work out long-term, being on different wavelengths, not communicating well. And then over the past year and a half to two years, you know, for some reason, I didn't really get into like relationship books for a while, <laughs> but I started to kind of dig into a whole nother area uh, of this whole kind of masculine, feminine polarity dynamics. Mm -hmm. And I had so many light bulb moments about what real masculinity is, femininity, because we grow up thinking that it's like an appearance, that masculine is jacked and tattoos and beard and drives a pickup truck. And then feminine means you wear pink and have long blonde hair and that sort of thing. And so I read this one book called the way of the superior man. That was kind of the jumping off point to really understanding like, wow, all this time I haven't been owning my masculine, but I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Or I had been pushing her towards her masculine more than is natural and that sort of thing. And we can get into that as well, but start to have this kind of like cascade of, of revelations and progress and understanding. And then we instituted what I like, like to call relationship development, like personal development, but you do it together as a team. 
And so we started reading books together. We started kind of implementing, uh, you know, like get, just kind of surprise gifts each month, kind of like things that would uh, knock off each of the love languages, you know, because uh, yes, everyone has those yeah. different love languages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so over the past year and a half, two or two, uh, we got engaged last summer, but just it's evolved completely. And so, so many of these things that we dealt with in the past that, you know, of course we're still got a long ways to go and we're always learning and that sort of stuff. But I started coming across so many people who were dealing with things that we had dealt with and kind of gotten through. Mm -hmm. And I've known for the past, I think three or four years deep down, I'm still doing, I was still doing the marketing business, but it was kind of just getting by, not really taken off because it wasn't really giving me energy. It was just kind of a drain in a oh, lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. And so I knew where I wanted to be long-term was in kind of the coaching space. I didn't know where exactly. Mm -hmm. Cause again, I had worked in the gym for all those years, even though it was kind of a different type of coaching. I loved kind of just interacting with people, you know, get, getting them results and that sort of thing. And so uh, I, I had this idea for the podcast, not most people. And I had the idea probably two to three years ago, but I kind of sat on it, marinated it with it. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. I podcast wasn't on my radar and I got into this mastermind group last year, kind of a big entrepreneur mastermind group called the RTA syndicate. And I had been listening to a lot of podcasts, but I thought that the only people who podcasted were like big time celebrities or people that had major followings and accomplishments and that sort of thing. And then I got into this group and I saw that dozens of people in this group all had their own podcasts. And so I, I said, hmm, this is, this is kind of interesting, got me thinking. And then I went on a couple as a guest, I think it was last fall. The first one I went on, I was nervous. I've never been like for my whole life. I was Mr. Stage fright. Didn't like speaking in front of people. Couldn't couldn't stand the sound of my own voice played back to me. Mm -hmm. So I said, there's no way I'm going to do something where I'm constantly hearing myself, you know? Yeah. And I go on the first podcast. I'm nervous. It goes. Okay. It's kind of about marketing again. I was in marketing, but I, I didn't love marketing. And then I went on another one and this one, we got into kind of mindset and entrepreneurship and my story and that kind of stuff. And an hour plus later, we're still rolling having fun. And it was right after that, back in November that I got off and I said, you know what? At most people is going to be a podcast. Mm. And initially I said, I'm going to do this as just a fun side passion project yep. and still do the marketing. And then eventually once I see the marketing through, then I'll go into coaching, which is what I really want to do. You know, so I was kind of following my brain instead of my gut. Yeah. And then I got the podcast. So in November, I said, I'm going to launch it in January, by January, January rolls around. I start getting into it. There's a whole lot more that goes into it than you think initially, yeah. as you know. Yeah. And it took me until mid-March to get it launched. Mm -hmm. But once I got it launched, I started really enjoying it. I started getting a lot of feedback. People were saying, wow, that was, that episode really opened my eyes to this and that. And you sound like you've been doing this for a while. And, you know, so I was like, wow, I've never, three years of marketing, I never got nearly that kind of feedback. You know, it's different because it's B2B and that sort of thing. But yeah, the positive reinforcement on that, I found myself spending more and more time on the podcast and less and less time on the marketing business. Mm -hmm. And 
after, you know, maybe like a month, I said, you know what, I'm going to listen to my gut and follow my gut and go into coaching sooner rather than later. Why I just put off the inevitable. Mm. And so it was kind of, I'm, I'm a highly logical person. And so sometimes I have trouble trusting my intuition, my gut, and I kind of yeah. let the, the logical part override everything. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, well, if I walk away from that, I'll be a failure. Or if I switch, you know, that means I failed that business. It's like, no, you know, sometimes it's just, you need to change it up and, yeah. or move on to something better. And so I decided to move into coaching. Uh, at first I said, I was going to do relationship and health coaching because I have a background in health and fitness and all that. Yeah. But then I said, you know what? There's a lot of that out there. It's fairly easy, like easily accessible. There's a much bigger need, in my opinion, for relationship help. And it's harder to find, especially good, good relationship health. And so, uh, and I also had an interest in that, you know, I was kind of like, oh, I've, I've spent my time in health and fitness. I know that I know I can help people, but, and this relationship stuff, there's so much to dig into. And there's so much that I, I get excited talking about and you know, I, I, I see all these couples like friends of ours and I'm like, oh, well, it's like this, this, and that is why they're having this issue. And so that's my very long-winded answer to <laughs> how I got into relationship coaching. Yeah. And then, you know, one of the things I learned in marketing that took me longer than it should have to learn was that you have to niche down yeah. at least, at least initially, and then you can branch out. But so I said, okay, re even relationship coaching, that's not narrow enough, mm. you know, like do you want to work with single people or people who are in relationships? And I said, there's a lot of dating stuff out there. There's not as much for people in relationships. And so, plus that's where I am. And so I want to relate to that. I do eventually down the line, want to help kind of those, those guys in their twenties who are like, I'm a nice guy. Why isn't it working for me? Because that's where I was, you know, but working with couples in long-term relationships and particularly where one or both of that couple is an entrepreneur. Mm. because that's that dynamic that we've dealt with, you know, and there's some unique challenges that come with that. So that's, that's my kind of specific niche. Yeah. Cause that was certainly one of the questions I had was why did you choose to work with entrepreneurs mm -hmm. specifically? Um, and is yeah. it, is it just mainly because that's your own personal experience? Yeah. Uh, I would say it's my experience and so I can help with those kind of unique challenges that they come up with where, you know, most entrepreneurs who are working very, very hard on their business tend to let these other areas like health or relationships slide yeah. and finding that balance and learning to communicate and all of those things. And then also entrepreneurs, that's kind of who I am. That's mostly who I know. And that's just the kind of people they're growth minded. That's who I like to spend time and work with. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so when you say there are particular challenges for people who are um, entrepreneurs and, you know, needing help with their relationships, what would you say they are? Well, one of the really big ones, uh, other than kind of finding that balance in terms of time, is you as an entrepreneur typically have this grand vision that you're pursuing. And if it's worth pursuing, it's usually going to take a while. Like entrepreneurship is, is a long-term game, right? It's not like your quick win game. You might take months or years before things start to pay off. Right. Yeah. 
and you have this vision and you can see it, but a lot of times your partner can't see it. And you think mm-hmm. that you've explained it to them. <laughs> and you think that they should just get it and that they can see it clearly like you do and, and all that, but they can't. Yep. And so that's, that's a huge part is getting on the same page there and that vision. So relating it back to your partner, how they fit into it. Cause a lot of times they like to say, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they're like, well, I'm here too. How do I fit into this picture? Yeah. You know, or are you going to outgrow me and you know, all these yes. concerns? Yeah. 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 So it comes down to really shared values and mm-hmm. also yeah, being able to share the vision to some extent so that, that you're bringing your partner along with you. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, um, and just another question I had on your, you know, kind of how you got into this would be um, what would you say to people who say to you, well, you know, you're pretty young, like why should I take advice from you? Yeah, no, I, I get that. Uh, I'm turning 30 this month, so I am... Okay. <laughs> I am a lot younger than uh, a lot of people I talk to and work with, but you know, a lot of times I just kind of have to prove it. Yeah. You know, through the content or I say, you know, let's have a conversation and leave the conversation say, okay, like, you know what you're talking about. And Mm. no, so I think that's just something that the odds might just be stacked against you a little bit more. You might have to work a little bit harder, Mm -hmm. but also you know, I, I have been, we've been together for over six years. So it's not like it started yesterday, you know? Yeah. And, um, so that's the first question people always ask, Oh, how long have you guys been together? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so six years and then, um, and then you just got to win them over honestly. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah a lot, there's a lot of people who are skeptical of, Oh, who's this, who's this guy in my twenties. He hasn't been married with kids. And that's the one thing I, I can't say I fully, I mean, obviously I grew up in a family with, I had three sisters and that sort of stuff, but I haven't had my own kids. Yep. So I don't really get into the parenting side. And I know that there's a lot involved with that as well. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise almost everything that these people bring to me, I'm okay. I've seen that or mm. kind of worked through that in some capacity. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you certainly don't want a relationship coach who isn't in a relationship. So, um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like the whole um, results based versus evidence based argument that, you know, I have a lot in, um, in my area where, you know, you're going, well, just, you know, wait and see the results of, of this work we're doing, as opposed to the evidence that I'm only 30 and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, right. no, good, good yeah. for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think um, age, is, age is really a number. I mean, like, yeah, I know some some people in their early twenties who are 10 times ahead of people in their fifties. Yeah. Yeah. You know? so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and almost in a way as well, being an entrepreneur is um, it's kind of a youthful thing in a way, isn't it? You know, it's this whole starting it's, it's got a totally new vibe to it and you've got to almost have that real youthful energy. So um, I think, yeah. you know, energetically, you're probably aligned to those people anyway, even if they're mm. many years older than For you. Sure. Um, all right. So let's get into relationships a bit. Um, and, you know, I'd love to 
because you know my whole focus is health and well-being so I'd love to get some thoughts from you on how you feel that relationships can really affect our well-being what do you think people need to be aware of and uh, and what you mentioned before as well so true about people who just get so tied up in their work especially when they're self-employed and don't um spend enough time focusing on relationships absolutely I can myself vouch for that so um yeah but I'd love to get from you yeah what what how you feel relationships affect our well-being first of all I mean they they affect our well-being just like any area of our life affects our well-being so if you're if you're working or you're in a business and things aren't going well you're losing money you feel stress on that end nothing else you're it's gonna be really hard to enjoy the other areas of your life mm. when you have that weighing you down likewise you might have a great partner you might have a great business but if you're overweight if you're tired all the time if you're unhealthy that's gonna kind of hold back everything else as well and then same thing with the relationships think about like relationships are such a roller coaster you have great days you have terrible days you have days when you can't be away from that person. Then you have days where like, you can't be near that person. Right. <laughs> and hopefully it's more of the former and less of the latter, but those days where things are going well, it's like you, you could, you're on top of the world, right? Like things, things are great. And if your relationship, if you're in a fight, you try and you go and like operate and you're like, Oh, I'll just kind of compartmentalize that and not think about it. But you know, we've all tried that. It doesn't like when your relationship's not great, it's impossible for your life to be great. Mm, it you know, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I think with the relationships, a lot of it comes down to like dealing with things early, mm -hmm. you know, because your health and your fitness, like it, you know, we talk about wellness, it takes time if you let things slide, like the longer you let it slide, the longer it takes to get back. Right. And same yeah. thing with relationships. A lot of times we'll try to just kind of push things to the side. Oh, we'll deal with it later. Oh, if we don't talk about it, it'll go away. Mm. And that sort of thing. But it just, it grows, it festers and gets worse. And so, you know, it's, it's really, I think the separator between, I mean, there's a lot of separators, but one of the really big ones that I see is people who deal with stuff early on have those difficult conversations versus push them off and you know oh, if we don't talk about it it goes away but then eventually it comes out in other not so pleasant ways and that's how we were for a long time because you have this we have this mentality naturally that we don't want to hurt our partner yep oh we love them we don't want to hurt their feelings we don't want to make them upset and so we don't say a lot of things that need to be said Mm -hmm. And obviously we need to be tactful about it and approach things in not a blaming way. And, and there's a whole lot that goes into that, but it's, I mean, I kind of lost my train of thought there for a second, but <laughs> um, what was well, I saying? I well, let me um, refocus then on, yeah. I was, cause I was going to say to you next, what are, so obviously you're saying, um, speaking early um oh, so yeah. communi yep. communication obviously is about yep. um is something that's really key but what are the other key things that you think people need to have in their relationships to make their relationships healthy i mean i think 
obviously you need some certain amount of time and proximity to each other, but communication is something that I can't really overstress because communication is what unlocks the ability to solve every other problem. Yeah. You could have all kinds of other problems, but really it boils down to a communication problem that's keeping you from solving those problems. Mm. And so 90% of it is just learning how to really communicate with each other effectively. Because a lot of times we have emotional reactions, we have resentments that keep us from being able to really hear our partner and being able to kind of maybe set our emotions aside a little bit. Obviously, you don't want to suppress your emotions or ignore them too much. But when we react and we're not able to really, and there's obviously a lot of emotions involved in intimate relationships. And if you allow that to kind of dictate and control everything, it's really hard to work through those difficult things. Because if you're constantly kind of feeling provoked or getting all fired up, it makes it really hard to kind of talk things through. And so it's taking on that frame of us versus the problem Mm, instead of you versus me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so many people get into relationships and, oh, it's 50, 50. It's, it's me and her, me and him instead of it's always us. And Mm. if you can approach everything with us, then you're on the same team and then you can win because if you're going head to head, that means there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser or more than most likely there's going to be two losers. Yeah. Right. Because if you win, your partner feels bad. So that's not really a win for you. And if your partner wins, you feel like crap and you know, (laughs) that's not good either. So the only way to really get through it is if you like, instead of facing each other turn and like face this problem as like a third party mm-hmm. and say, whatever it is, whether it's coming from me, it's still this kind of external issue. And we're going to turn, we're going to face it together. And it's hard to do that when you're really pissed off at your partner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you, it's, it's one of those things that you really have to become conscious of. And so many things in relationships are unconscious that we're not really aware of. And there's mm. a lot of these patterns that we pick up from earlier in our life. Yep. And we carry them into our relationships, even when they no longer serve us. Yep. And the vast majority of people just aren't aware. Mm. Like we go to the gym, we learn about health. We, if we spend time learning about our career and our business and we learn about those things in our formal education, but how often do we like, can you think of a time growing up where you really learned about relationships in a no, course or a book or, yeah. Yeah. We don't right. value it as a society. No. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of this, it's a very, people treat it very privately. They don't talk about yeah. it. And so typically the only way people learn about relationships is the example that their parents set growing up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And with divorces being crazy high, yep. what are the chances that that was a great example. And then even that half of the people that don't get divorced, what percentage of those couples are ones that you really want to model and copy, Mm. you know, a very small percentage, unfortunately. So people grow up and they learn and they repeat these patterns that their parents did, or they go the complete opposite route. If if it caused them a lot of pain. Yeah. So 
we bring those things into the relationship. We, you know, and we having an emotional reaction in a conversation, it's not something that you're actively doing, but you learned when you were younger that, oh, if you got emotional, you got your way. Yeah. Or something like that. And so you think that, oh, this, this is how I respond. You're not consciously thinking that because if you were conscious about it, you wouldn't be doing that. But subconsciously, like 90% of people aren't really conscious in their relationships. Mm. You know, they're kind of just going off of what they've seen, what they've seen from other couples. They compare themselves to their friends. You know, a lot of times, and that's the toxic thing too, that we see a lot of is, you know, oh, oh, well, so-and-so's husband does this, so-and-so's wife does that or doesn't do that. And we compare and it's like, okay, but you're not in the relationship. Like you don't know all the other stuff that he or she does that you would hate. Yeah. And so it's, it's unfair to compare. And, you know, it's, it's again, one of those things that we don't really think about. It just kind of happens. It comes out sometimes, especially when we're in like the heat of things. Mm. And so it's, if you can go into all of these situations and say, you know what, there's going to be some emotions involved, but I'm going to be conscious of them. And we're going to talk this through like adults. And then you'd be amazed at the progress that can be made. So it used to be, oh, we have a fight. I would, I didn't, cause I didn't understand kind of what it meant to be masculine. And I would kind of go into my shell. I'd back down. I'd get soft. I'd try and please her. Oh, what do you want? And that sort of thing. Whereas what she was looking for as a feminine woman is she wants me to stand up, not be swayed, be like, here's what we're doing. We're focused, right? Decision-making, be strong, be present, all that kind of stuff. Instead of kind of like shriveling and shying away and getting soft, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so once I learned that and learned how to, I don't want to say stand my ground, but stand firm and know that even when she's fired up or upset or whatever, that I'm here and I'm unwavering and it's not going to throw me off. Mm-hmm. that creates a sense of safety, mm, right? Interesting. And the, yeah. but presumably there's also times when you, as the masculine energy in the relationship, need to take on the feminine qualities of being. For sure. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, not, it's not fixed. Yes. It's kind of a, it's a spectrum. So say you have extreme feminine on one side, extreme masculine on, one, on the other. Ideal polarity is where the average or the, the sum is in the middle. Yeah. Right. Right. And so you can have couples where the man is very feminine and the, uh, the woman's very masculine. Yeah. So it might be switched, but there's still that balance that balancing out that ends up in the middle. Yeah. What happens is everyone kind of has their own natural set point, but we learn like, we'll learn behaviors again, going back to like when you're younger, like you might say you're a girl and your dad values achievement and great grades and making money. And so you, you put on this masculine energy, you're like, go, go, go all the time. And Mm. you're doing all these things. You got to prove yourself. And so you, you get stuck in this masculine energy, but it's not natural for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so a lot of times we get stuck outside of where we're meant to be. And it's okay to do that for short periods, but if you stay off balance for too long, you know, bad things can happen. So like what you were saying was so important. So typically let's say I'm masculine, she's feminine, but there might be times where, yeah, I'm feminine and she's masculine. Yeah. 
you know, but it's for short bits and then we switch back. Yep. Right. So like someone say someone just needs like a shoulder to cry on one day. Right. And they go to that kind of thumb and they need someone else to be that shoulder to cry on. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, when you can, when you can be conscious of that, and you know, like I said, 90% before there's such a small percentage, it's growing. I think people are starting to kind of understand the stuff a little bit more, which yeah, is cool yeah. to see. Yeah. Um, but still there's so much like for years I was acting in the feminine. I was the nice guy. I was the pleaser. I was, Oh, what do you want to do? I didn't make decisions. I was, yeah. you know, deferred and that sort of thing. And that's why there was, there was so much tension and headbutting. Yeah. And then, you know, on the flip side, she's a nurse, she's an ER nurse. So when she's at work, she's like, you know, pedal to the metal, like we got to get yeah. stuff done. Yeah. And then it brings that home sometimes. Right. And so we were just like way out of whack, mm. you know? Yeah. And so once we start, once I started to understand that, I could kind of be like, okay, I'm going to consciously work on, and, you know, I grew up, uh, I was homeschooled for a while. My mom was, was probably the dominant personality, mm -hmm. uh, in my, with my parents. And I also had three little sisters, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm like around this feminine energy growing Lots up a lot. Feminine, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And so I'm probably never going to be like, the hard car, like hardcore, like furthest side of masculine ever, yeah. you know, that's just not who I am, but yeah. I'm definitely a more masculine dude than I am a feminine dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, if you think about same sex couples as well, they've got yeah. to somehow, you know, find that blend, right. as you said, like For it's, sure. we're just a great example. About energy here. We're not talking about gender. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So other than doing coaching with you how how do you think people can you know gain some awareness of this and I wanted to you you mentioned the love languages before and I love the love languages because I think that's such a simple tool for people to use yep. in their relationships so if anybody has not heard of that before um, it's called the five love languages if you just google it or um, mm -hmm. do a website a web search and it'll come up you can do a questionnaire online all totally free and it just gives you some really deep insights but in in really clear simple terms as to the ways that we all like to receive and give love differently there are five main ways um, do you want to talk a bit more about that and also mm -hmm. yeah just about how people can get some more understanding of that, that masculine and feminine energy stuff for themselves. For sure. Yeah. The, the love languages are a great place to start because their beauty is in their simplicity. Yeah. Absolutely. How easy it is yep. to apply them. Yep. Uh, and again, when we talk about assumptions, a lot of times we assume that our partner is the same as us, mm. that they think the same, that they want the same things that, Oh, we're showing love in this way. Why aren't they reciprocating? Mm -hmm. And it's because love to them, what makes them feel it could be totally different. Yeah. And so the love languages are interesting to learn about yourself, but they're more interesting to learn about your partner. Yeah, they are. Can right. you, um, can we just say what they are? So there's mm -hmm. uh, physical yeah. affection. Yep. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Um, gift giving. Gifts. Yep. Uh, quality time. Yep and oh, oh, acts of service acts, acts of, of service. service i know i was just thinking what's my yeah. one yeah it's acts of service came yeah. to me before okay. i even because i'm like wait what are hers what are hers okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so that's yeah. a big one for her right yep. is acts of service so <laughs> that goes 
back to everyone's favorite, which is like household chores and cleaning, you know, doing yeah. the dishes and that sort of stuff. It's yeah, doing something for the person. Yeah, going yeah. out of your way. And so yeah. like doing a lot of times, like a good example would be someone who their love language is gift giving. Yep. And their partners could be acts of service. Yep. And typically out of those five, there's usually one or two that are dominant. Yes. And the one, like, so you might be getting your, your partner, all these gifts and be like, oh man, they should be super happy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, they care more about like going and picking them up coffee, yeah. you know, without them asking or taking out the trash for that, you know, stuff like that. Like showing that, like you're willing to take action, go out of the way. Like that's there's like, so there's that total disconnect if you're not aware of that, Yeah, you know? And so for years it was, you know, I'm, I'm the messy one and she's the clean one. And so it was, why aren't you doing the dish? You know, you just do this to piss me off. I'm like, no, I'm like, I just don't get why it's important or whatever. And then it finally clicked once got into the love language. Oh, this is, you know, it makes her feel good when I do this for her. Yep. You know, it's not about the dishes specifically. Yeah, that's right. It it might be a little, but you know, it's uh, it's more about the acts of service. And so now I'm conscious of that. I say, okay, man, I really, I don't feel like doing this right now, but I'm going to clean everything up before she gets home from work. Cause I know it'll make her happy. Mm. Right. Mm. Versus, you know, and then, uh, spending quality time. Yep. You know, so, and, and quality time, the key word in that is quality. Mm. A lot of people spend time, but they don't spend quality time. Mm-hmm. So this goes for both sides, but a lot of times when let's say, uh, generally speaking, when the woman gets mad at her husband, oh, why aren't you paying attention to me? Why aren't, you know, what are you doing? When the guy's on their phone, they're like, the guy's like, well, we're together. You know, we're here, we're spending time. Yeah. But like, if you're not present, yeah, that doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. right? And so it's just, I'm very conscious of like, okay, if we're together and let's say if we're a bit like, so I work during the days, I usually work till, I, I work late. If she, like, so if she, she works night shift. So she heads out at let's say seven, six or seven, she gets back at seven in the morning, right? 12 hour overnight. Those days that she works, I'm working until I usually work till like 10 PM if she's gone working. Cause I'm like, what else am I going to do? You know? Mm-hmm. And, and then when she's not, so we have these like kind of very different schedules. Yep. And so we have to be conscious of, you know, and I know a lot of people out there can relate, you know, working two jobs, you got kids, all that stuff. And so you have limited time. And the best way to maximize that time is to be like, okay, we only have 15 minutes together, but we're going to be fully present. And so days that she goes to work, we'll eat, uh, <laughs> like in the evening, like 5 PM, we'll have yeah. breakfast, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's her first meal of the day. Cause she sleeps mm-hmm. in that to the afternoon. And even if it's just like, you know, 20 minutes or whatever, that's like our time together that day. And we, yeah. you know, catch up, whatever. So people think that, oh man, like, how do I make all this time? Especially again, entrepreneurs, I don't have some, all this time. It's like, okay, you know what? If you can spend 10 minutes of being like fully there, that can be like yeah. six hours of being halfway there. So true. Yeah. 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 No, no, no phones, no screens, just actually, you know, talking and listening to each other. Yeah. 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 And then once you like, you can almost come up with a list of ways get creative, like with those love languages, like some of them, once you're conscious of it, like if your partner, it's words of affirmation, like you want to cheer them up and give them a compliment. Like it's so easy yeah, and they'll, yeah. they'll light right up, you know, yeah. uh, if they're gift 
if their uh, love language is gifts, then I guess you better keep working hard, you know, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, you get, know, it doesn't even have to, it doesn't be always have to be big and spend money on. Right. No, exactly. Right. It could be, yeah, you can you know, get creative. You pick a flower out of the neighbor's garden on your walk home or whatever. Yeah. It's right. giving them yeah. something is what lights them up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you can be something small. Yeah. Uh, and then let's say quality time again, being present, scheduling those date nights that we always hear about. Right? Yeah. spending a weekend away. So one of the things, a few of the things we tried or that we try to do, and we're, we're not always, we don't do them hundred percent of the time if we're being honest, but we try every month, you know, you know sometimes we'll be like, okay, we're in saving mode. We're not going to do this, but generally we say one, just gift a month, like surprise gift, big or small, whatever, no, no reason, no occasion. Uh, we like to try and read a book together, like a relationship-based book, and then talk about it together. Mm. Or even if we don't talk about it, at least we're you know on the same page and kind of have similar revelations and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, we try to schedule each month or every other month going away for the weekend, like just us to spend that quality time, right? And so we try and kind of work in these different things on our on a routine basis. And there's definitely been like a shift. Again, we, to say we even accomplish those things every other month is probably a stretch, mm. you know, but the fact that it's on, on our minds and we're doing it yeah. still like the intention. Yeah. yeah. With intention over time, yeah. it adds up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, so are they your kind of key things that you, you know, would recommend to people? I guess, you know, because this is a, a short, um, you know, conversation really in the scheme of all the time you could spend talking about relationships, you know, I'd love people to have some good takeaways and you've just given them some um, great examples of what they can do for themselves. But are there any other sort of key things that you think are really important that people can try to start to implement themselves or even also if there are books or anything that you'd highly recommend other than the five love languages? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things is, this probably isn't the answer people are looking for, but to work on yourself. Mm. Because so many people aren't happy. They aren't fulfilled with themselves. Yeah. And so they look to their partner for happiness. They look to their partner for fulfillment. And as long as you are dependent on something external, you're going to be miserable. So true. Yeah. 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 And so that's where we hear about um, codependency, right? Yeah. So there's a few different levels to that, right? There's codependency where you're both dependent on each other for happiness, right? And that's just kind of, that's never something good, right? <laughs> and it never takes you to good places mm. because if you're dependent on your partner, your partner's dependent on you, they're going to just, you're going to be sitting there waiting for each other to grow and make each other happy, yeah. right? And so neither, neither of you are going to grow or, you know, make yourself or the other person happy. And then uh, there's dependence, which is where one partner is kind of dependent on the other for their happiness, but the one isn't, mm -hmm. that's usually not going to last too long yeah. right? because that's where we talk about being a clinger and needy and that kind of stuff. And someone who's independent, you know, and happy with themselves, like they don't want that person who's just constantly like, Hey, I need you. I need you. I need you. 
No. And, you know, we want to be needed, obviously, like don't take that literally, but you know what I, and then there's interdependence, which is where you are both confident in your own lives and where you're going and you're happy with yourself. And like, if you were alone, you'd still be happy, but you enjoy what your partner brings in to your life and adds on to it, mm. you know? And so creating that interdependence, that kind of healthiest state of a relationship starts with working on yourself and working on you. And mm. another big thing is that so many people, when they talk about their relationship, it's all blame game. Yes. Oh, well, I want to do this or I try and do this, but he or she doesn't. Yep. It's, you know, I'm trying to be the best spouse ever, but you know, he or she does. And it's like, okay, so tell me what all that blaming is going to get you mm. other than more miserable. Mm. Right. And so I like to talk about this idea of extreme ownership within your relationship and extreme ownership. It's a book by a Navy SEAL, uh, Jocko Willink. It's, okay. uh, it's about, you know, it, it kind of relates his military experience as a leader into kind of business. And the idea of extreme ownership is just basically taking complete ownership for everything. Right. So even things that like as a leader, things that aren't your fault, like basically if someone under your command makes a mistake, like that's your mistake and you're responsible for making it better, Yeah, you know? And so taking on this idea of extreme ownership within your relationship so that you say, okay, no matter what my spouse is doing or not doing, I'm going to be the leader. I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to control what I can control. And that will in turn influence my partner. Right. And so people think that, oh, it's, you know, there's me is 50%, my partner's 50%. And I can't do anything to change that 50%. He or she's just got to do it. But it's like, no, if you take ownership, you take responsibility and you, you become a leader in your relationship, like, like a real leader, like you, you start those difficult conversations, you accept blame when you need to, you own up to everything you need to own up to. You start doing that. I guarantee your partner is going to fall in line and follow your lead with that. So can I, so can we just do a really silly example? So say someone's really annoyed because their partner always just leaves their clothes on the bedroom floor. Mm -hmm. What would you, how would you take extreme leadership in that situation? So a good way to do that is instead of going directly to them and say, Hey, I want you to do this and you do this, or you never do this, say, look, I I know I'm not perfect. I'm going to, I'm, I'm working on this thing that annoys you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I got to do better at that. And if I do, if I, I'm going to work on getting better at that. Do you think you could do this like to make me happy? Mm -hmm. Right. And so start like, start it with you or something like own, okay. admit to kind of something. So you don't want to like fall on the sword for things you're not doing, but we can all find things that we can improve upon. And so when you yeah. say, Hey, look, I'm asking you to do this. I know I'm not perfect and I'm going to, I'm working on this as well. Yep. You know, like if you always do it, that is it when it's, again, it's us, it's, you know, I'm not calling on you and saying I'm perfect. Like I got stuff I'm working on and I'm dealing with too. Mm -hmm. And then, ne and then next time she wants to yell at you for something, she's going to be like, Oh, you know, I should maybe, uh, I should own up to something too. 
right? Yeah. And so it starts this kind of reciprocal, like okay. elevation of each other. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was called, the book was called Extreme Ownership. Did you Extreme say? Ownership. Yeah. And again, it's, it's a, it's more of a business book Yep. and like sports and military, but you can kind of adopt a lot of the same ideas and strategies into your relationship. Mm. And I was going to ask you, so in your, you work with entrepreneurs, but do you work with them um, on professional relationships as well as their personal relationships? Uh, not really. No. A little bit, like some of those things will come up, but for the most yeah. part, it's, yeah, with your partner, with your spouse. Because I mean, you know, when we're talking about um, these learned behaviors, these patterns from literally, you know, when we, when we're newborn sometimes, um, you know, it's, it is going to have an impact on people's, you know, relationships, not just their romantic relationships, isn't it? So. um, Yeah. yeah, A lot of, a lot of the dynamics are the same principles are the same. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of times if that's their issue, they will turn to, some sort of business coach or business yeah. resource, yeah, you know, yeah. because there is a lot of talk about dealing with partners and employees and managers and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of let that realm be that realm. Yeah. And usually if they're but talking really to me, it's the same thing, isn't it? It is. It is. But that's, if they're approaching me, it's usually because of something with that their partner or their spouse. Yeah. 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 But still, I mean, that'll, I'm sure you'll get, you know, people, you know, having that light bulb moment of, oh, yeah, and that's why I behave in this way towards my employees Mm. or my business partners or whatever as well. So, yeah, great. That's amazing. Good. So I know we're nearly out of time. Um, Went by fast. It did go. I know. (laughs) Absolutely. Like I said, you could talk about relationships forever, really, couldn't you? Um, So... I guess I'd just love you to tell people. So do you do work um, remotely, like, you know, on Zoom and stuff as well, if people, you know, obviously a large part of my audience is not in Arizona where you are. Um, Although I do have quite a bit in the US as well, but can people still work with you if they want to remotely? Yeah, almost everyone is. uh, Does anyway, yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So what, if you want to just let people know where they can um, get in touch with you for coaching purposes, and then also just, I assume your podcast is on all the platforms. Yep. Yeah. So the podcast is not most people. Uh, the website just came out for that also, which is not most people.net. If you want everything kind of in one spot. Mm-hmm. And then personally, uh, my main relationship website is almost done but mm-hmm. right now it's a uh, it's really easy if you just connect on instagram and that's just okay. at bradley underscore roth okay great and um with the podcast what kinds of people are you um interviewing all those people who are not most people presumably <laughs> yeah it's so yeah it's a, it's a very wide range i'm not really niched in terms of what type of people but yep. niche in terms of the philosophy and so not most people to me is if you looked at it like a Venn diagram and there's two circles that are overlapping, one circle is all about being successful, elite, kind of in that top small percentage. And then the other side of it is anti-group think, challenging the status quo, mm-hmm. you know, thinking for yourself, all that kind of stuff. And so not most people is the overlap. So not being part of the crowd and being elite. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. And so anyone who can kind of fit well into one of those 
categories or if they're successful, you know, what do they do kind of differently than everyone else? Yes. And, okay. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Like the um, Australian boxer that I'm really following in the Olympics because my kids are mad about boxing, who's um, always talking about how he does ballet and um, karaoke as well as mm. part of his training for boxing. So right. you should interview him. <laughs> Yeah, send me his name. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. Hope you have a lovely evening where you are. And, um, yeah, take care out there in this COVID world. And um, it's been a real pleasure. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Okay. Thanks, Bradley. See ya. I'll see ya. There you are. I do hope that you enjoyed that and found some really useful information in its contents. I really can't think of a better time to be putting out a podcast on helping people improve their relationships when here, at least in Australia, many, many of us are still or back in COVID lockdown. And even if you're not in a relationship, this is a great time to hone your skills and get ready to have the best relationship that you ever have when we get out of lockdown. Everywhere in the world, people are suffering and there's lots of mental health challenges. So I really like to think that I can help to make a few aspects of your life a bit easier. So I do hope that you found that enjoyable and interesting as I did having that chat with Bradley. So don't forget that you can get onto Bradley's website, bradleyroth.com, and you can access his podcast through that. You can also access it on all the main platforms as well. If you'd like to do some further work with me, go a bit deeper into yourself and healing your whole self, I would love to work with you. Please head on over to evenstarwellbeing.com and you can have a look at all of my services and click on any links that you would like to take you to book in or to just book a free chat with me, do a free wellbeing audit and we'll get you on the path to feeling great and living your best life. In the meantime, please take care, be safe and be well.